Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. The Sideline Junkies proudly present to you the Tuesday night flight. It's me, it's me, it's the big guy KG, joined by the man that writes the checks and keeps everything running. Keeps all this beautiful equipment going. The boss, a BJ. What is going on? What's happening, brother? <laughs> um, I'm sitting here waiting to hear from you. I don't know why. Sometimes, I guess sometimes when you're sitting on your phone, you don't get the notification. It doesn't go off like a, a, a normal notification would. Because I'm sitting waiting for the WhatsApp to go off. And I guess because I'm on the phone, it didn't go off. And I looked and I'm like, oh, he sent this message 20 minutes ago. But it's all good. We here. We here. And we got to start this off on a bad note. Horrible note. Talk to me. Oh, man. The Washington football team, even though they made a, a nice announcement today, I'll we'll get into that next. But Sunday, 20 to 16 losers to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh we had an incident at the stadium at the end of the game where the railing collapsed. Uh, Taylor Heineke, 27 to 36, 247. And a pick, the pick was the game ceiling pick. Uh, quite frankly, in my opinion, that was pass interference. Uh, Jared Patterson had to take over the running back duties because McKissick is out. Uh, Antonio Gibson was on the COVID list, activated off the COVID list, but out on Sunday. So Patterson had 12 carries, 57 yards, and a touchdown. <sighs> Terry McLaurin, seven catches, 61 yards. Cam Sims, four for 48. Um, defensively, they did not get to the quarterback at all. I'm sorry, they did. Jamin Davis had a, a sack. They got one sack. Uh, no turnovers, no interceptions. Um, Cam Curl had 10 tackles. Cole Holcomb had 11. Uh, right now, it, with this team, we've already secured our fifth straight losing season. Even though we won the division last year, we secured our fifth straight losing season. And right now, you just got to see what you got. Uh, a lot of the, the Washington faithful have jumped off the Taylor Heineke train, which is to my dismay. Uh, but just offensively, defensively, looking at this team as a whole, then we'll look at the Eagles in a second. BJ, what are your thoughts about the way this team performed on Sunday? Um, I mean, it wasn't surprising. They 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 came out. I thought they, you know, they showed that they were a tad embarrassed uh, getting blown out in Dallas the prior week. And, and they, you know, they tried to come out and fight. Um, football isn't like basketball where you could just have one player on the floor dominate. One player on the floor, you can watch them ISO and they can be just that good. You, you know, your KDs, your LeBrons, where you can, they can carry a team. And if the rest of somebody is not giving 100%, you can't really tell because these players are, are so dominant on the floor. You only need one or two. You only need Giannis to get hot and have a 20.4th quarter to carry your team. 
And sometimes that's enough to separate yourself and gain the momentum and ride out the fourth quarter. Well, it's not like that in football. And you got 11 guys on the field at one time, whether it's offensive, defensively, special teams. And if that chain of effort isn't all 11 guys, you see it on the field. And we saw that on the field numerous times this season, but especially the, the Dallas game. Um, just players not giving 100% effort. So what I think is I don't want to say I'm glad they lost, but I don't want people to get false hope like this team is a step away, if that makes sense. This team has some major holes that they're going to have to figure out how to feel. They have some major decisions, and depending on what directions that they want to go, I mean, you want to win. You want to win now. So the best way to win now in this league is to get somebody that can play quarterback at a high level. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Man, the yawns always come at the wrong time. But to get somebody that can get in here and play quarterback at a high level. Now, who who is that? Is, some, is that somebody in the – sorry about that. Is that somebody in the draft that's going to come in here and, you know, do what Justin Herbert did and Joe Burrow? I mean, that's a rookie. You're still going to have to wait for them to develop. Um, do you go into next season with Taylor Heineke? Uh, I'm not all the way off the train, but I'm getting my hat and coat together. And I'm deciding that we're pulling into the next station and I'm, I'm unsure now because we see how offensive offenses move with top-tier quarterbacks. You see Joe Burrow. You see Justin Herbert moving these teams. You see uh, Tua down in Miami. Offense move, you know, and you don't see that same clip here. And, you know, it's a whole range of excuses. Oh, Scott Turner can't unleash a playbook because, you know, he doesn't trust Taylor Heineke, which I think is absolute baloney. Um... You know, a lot of people don't believe Taylor Heineke has that skill set. And it's, 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 it's unfair to him because, you know, he's an underdog. And, of course, he, he's come from a long way to be where he is now, which is basically his rookie season. And you're at a team where they're looking to win now. So I don't think – You'll see Taylor Heineke, in my opinion, at quarterback next year. If an upgrade could be. Okay, buddy, hold on. Um, but Sunday, it, it's just kind of indicative of where this team is. They just don't have enough. And I know I go into some long rants and some long spills, but they just don't have enough because that's an important game. Whether you win or lose, you know, you're probably not going to make the playoffs anyway, even if you went out. The chances are all slim and none. You had that opportunity in your hands. So now you just want to see where you are against a division rival. And 
they are just not there. Um, they're not. They're not there. They're 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 probably. I guess it depends on when you flip the coin. They're the bottom of the barrel in the NFC East with the Giants, and that can't be like that. That can't be like that. It can't be like that. And I know we keep saying it on this show. You're tired of hearing it, but when you spend what you spent on that, I I won't say it this way. I won't say it the way you heard it. When you spent what you spent on the defensive line and rushing the quarterback, which is like the most important thing. You could give up 150 yards on the ground a game. Would you rather give up 150 yards on the ground or be able to stop your top-tier quarterbacks? Because it's a quarterback-driven league. It's a passing league. And I know I'm going to sound crazy for saying this, but I'd rather stop the quarterback. I'd rather be in the quarterback's face, you know, getting his timing off, his rhythm off, not giving him a clean pocket to throw. And if you go back and look at Washington's games – there's not a game you can pick out where, like, man, they the quarterback just didn't have time. Both Dallas games, Dak had clean pockets. I mean, Jalen Hurst, they, they got a sack on them. They, it's just they they're going to have to figure out where they are and what they want to do. Because I agree, I forgot who posted it, but I agree. This all season is really important. Because you have some holes to fill. KG, you're going to have to take all of me. Holler at Brian Jr. I got you. And you you, you said something that uh, it's the truth. A lot of holes to fill. Ron Rivera said it himself. In the offseason, there's a lot of holes that needs to be filled. And a lot of people are kind of sort of down on Ron. And I'm like, okay, Ron still hasn't put his full imprint on his team. He's got the front office right, but he still hasn't gotten his guy. And I understand what BJ saying about, you know, he's ready, he's got his hat in his coat. And he'll decide when we get to the next stop if he's going to be on a Heineke train. But you can't blame Taylor Heineke for the faults of this offense. Absolutely not. You have offensive line issues. Um, you Big also have offensive line issues. Right. The offensive yeah. line is not yeah. as solid as we thought it was. Yeah, yeah you have and, and, and you know, I, I, I know I'm going to catch black for saying this. I, I'm trying to figure out how Brandon Sheriff is in the pro. I, I watch this man get for weeks, week in and week out. If he's playing, let's, let's put that out there. If he's playing, I've watched this man be a turnstile. Like, I don't know if he's still injured. I try not to be super harsh on guys, but I'm trying to figure out how this guy made the Pro Bowl. And I'm, I know everybody's saying Jonathan Allen's having a great season. I'm trying to figure out how he made the Pro Bowl, too. I, I mean, it's just, these are just my thoughts. I know everybody's not going to agree with me. But my thing is, this team has been dominated offensively and defensively in the trenches. There are, to me, just that boat alone, there are no pro bowlers on this, on, on either unit, defensively, offensively. You can't tell me it's a pro bowler here 
and y'all been getting your ass handed to y'all in the trenches all year. It's, it's, I, I, like, it leaves me speechless to even think that. You there, KG? I am so sorry, defeated by the mute button. Um, you know for a fact, Pro Football Focus gives out a grade throughout the year. They give out grades, I think, once a week. And Brandon Sheriff always scores pretty high on these grades. So, I mean, for the on the most part, he is a Pro Bowler. You know, I love him. I do. The only thing I don't love about Brandon Sheriff is the price tag. I don't like that franchise tag because I want to lock him up long term, but I can't lock him up long term if I don't know for a fact that he's going to be available at least 95% of the time. When you talk about revolving door, you got to re remember who we used to have at right guard. One, Chris Chester. Now, I mean, I wasn't a big Chris Chester fan. I mean, he's an NFL player. He can do his job at a high level but when he was here i don't know if it was his own blocking scheme i don't know what it was he was like a turnstile but when he went down to atlanta he didn't have that problem he was good to go but here chris chester was a turnstile my my nine-year-old would blow past chris chester on with a bull rush you didn't have to have a move for chris chester and then that, that right side of the line at that time was bad. But now everything on the line is in flux. And when it when the old line is in flux and you have one piece that's not even 100%, and that's Brandon Sheriff. Don't get me wrong. I love Chase Rubier. I, I, I love him. But you got one piece on that line, and then you expect to have a 1,000-yard rush, which we almost did. You expect to have a three to 4,500 yard passer behind a shaky, porous offensive line. I had high hope for Sadiq Charles Cosme, who played very well once he got his footing. Uh, it seems things have went south without Morgan Moses, who's an absolute warrior. And you know I love Morgan Moses. Everybody knows I love Morgan Moses. Because that dude will have two sprained ankles and 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 pins in his elbows, and he still goes out there and performs at a high level than guys at 100%. And you see the difference when he's not on the field. Morgan Moses was the glue that held that line together last year. That glue was gone. I, I can't agree with you with that. The glue was Callahan. Well, that too. Be <laughs> that, because we, that too. Because we, we, keep, we keep saying – how preparation and coaching. We've been saying that the last couple of regimes. Preparation and coaching seems to kick this team in the ass weekly. It seems like they come out and they're not prepared for They're only prepared to play two halves. I mean, two quarters. That's what you get out of the Washington football team. You get two really good-ass quarters out of them. And in the other quarters, they look lost. And you're just trying to figure out, well, where the hell is the team that came out in the second quarter? Or where's the team that was here in the third quarter? What, what, what's going on? But Bill Callahan left 
turned earth. He came. He he, had, he got Eric Flowers. He turned Eric Flowers into a Pro Bowler, which is amazing because Eric Flowers around the league before he came here, he was regarded as trash, unmotivated trash. That's what that's that's what the league consensus was on Eric Flowers. He comes here in the Bill Callahan fucking Pro Bowl. Can't get past the dude. Right? So Bill Callahan has, leaves. Line goes to the absolute dumpster water. Right? But here's the thing. Here's the thing. And here's what frustrated me about the the sideline fight a couple years ago. How do you have this energy to expend fighting each other and you can't get past like if you watch the Washington defensive line sometime they just stood up they're just stood up and and look I, I'm, I'm reading y'all text in the chat and I'm kind of leaning on Ben's side because Morgan was okay but Morgan was so, sort of a turnstile too he, he, look, and, and it's the same thing. You, we give the benefit of the doubt for Taylor Heineke having a Warriors heart. He had a Warriors heart, but that don't mean you yeah. got to start at right tackle. Yeah, but who who did you have to replace him? You could have got somebody in the stands for real. Not really. <laughs> remember what what game was that when Haskins was in the Seattle game last? Was it last year or was it year before last? And he was getting protected. They were driving down trying to win the game. And Morgan Moses went out. And he went out because somebody rolled up on the back of his leg. And then the whole line collapsed. And they just came from that other side. And they sacked Dwayne Haskins twice. Yeah, and, and I remember what game you're talking about. We're talking about one game. But that's that's thinking, happened several times. When man, Morgan man. Moses hasn't been in the game, that right side hasn't been strong. Him next to... Uh, uh, Brandon Scherf was a good combination. And I remember at one point in time, we used to have a strong, we had strong bookends, but nothing in the middle because we had Chris Samuels, John Jansen, but nothing in the middle. It was like a, it was a revolving door in the middle. But you had Corey Raymer at center, maybe. And if Trey Johnson was healthy, you had him at one of the guards. And Trey Johnson was one of the best pulling guards I ever seen outside of Raleigh McKenzie and, and, and Russ Grimm. But he couldn't stay healthy. That was his downfall. He could not stay healthy. I thought Dockery was a decent guard for you guys. He was. He was better with y'all, though. Yeah, that, and that's what he, you know. But we're talking about this Washington team and what they have to accomplish in the offseason. Is, 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 um, is Payne's contract up this season? I want to say Payne is up this season. They had a chance to. I think he's supposed to be up for extension. Let me double look, check. Look at that. Look at that. So they got Allen. I think they got Sweat another year. I don't think he's up yet. And, of course, you know, Chase Young is on his rookie deal. But for, Yep, yep. I think he got one more year. 20, yeah, one yep, more 2020. Year. Nope, 2022. This should be. He should be up beginning of the new league year. That should be it. So this is – he got one more season on me. Or yeah, one it. more season because they picked up his fifth year option. Okay, so you get a fifth year to 
Because this, this defensive line isn't working. I'll be the first. This is not working. Sweat, Allen Payne, uh, Chase, it's not working. They can't get to the quarterback. And you know Healthy. who will be the- you know who gonna be the odd man out? Who? Ionitis. I guarantee you, they're they're gonna be, they're gonna make Ionitis the, the scapegoat. They, I mean, that's fine. But if you no, it's not. Playing, it's not. No, 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 no. Listen to me though. Listen to what I'm about to say. If you're a GM and you're gonna make Ionitis a state scapegoat, because I'm about to say, there's no way in hell I resign pain. I just can't do it. Maybe the guy, maybe he goes somewhere else. Maybe, you know, like I said, I think a lot of this is coaching. A lot of this is preparation. A lot of this is playing to guys' strengths, which it doesn't seem like Washington does with their people a lot. For whatever reason, doesn't play, don't play to their strengths. They're stuck on, this is what we do. And y'all got to learn how to do it. Instead of figuring out, okay, these guys, you know, we got a weapon. We got a couple weapons in the backfield. Let's move these guys around. Let's try to do this. Let's try to do that. Um, but it, it's no way I, let, I I can resign Payne. No way, I, I, unless he comes out in the 2022-23 season destroying, wrecking shit. I can't do it. It's no way. It's no way. But they're going to have to figure out whether it's a new defensive coordinator, new defensive line coach. They're going to have to figure out something. They they can't get to the pass rusher and. Like I said, I know everybody's tired of hearing, oh, they got first four first-round draft picks. But it's kind of a sticking point. You spent this capital to get to the quarterback. You spent this capital to have a dominant defensive line. Everybody was so excited when they drafted Chase Young. Everybody was. But if you go back and look at it, like, damn, they couldn't really get to the passer with three first-round draft picks. They were having trouble stopping the run with three first-round draft picks. Montez Sweat couldn't get to the quarterback then. Okay, Chase Young comes. Yeah, he's a physical specimen. You know, he, you know, he, he he's he's you know rookie second year. He, of course, he gets hurt, but he has a lot of development to go right. So it's just like okay, but what about the other three guys? Okay, what about the other three guys? What about the offensive line? Now, you sit here and think, if you had Aaron Rodgers behind this offensive line, would it be a difference? Yes, it would be because he get the ball out quicker. But it is some instances this offensive line are giving up insta-sacks. I call them insta-sacks. Boom, I just made a mad madnism. Insta-sacks. <laughs> Where as soon as the ball is hyped, Heineke is running. Somebody blew somebody blew an assignment. Brandon Sheriff turned the wrong way. And somebody's coming in scot free clear. Both Dallas games. Just look at both Dallas games. Dallas had the blueprint. Like this offensive line is trash, and we're gonna show you why they're trash. And they proved it twice. This offensive line is trash. We're gonna show you why they're trash. You shouldn't be you shouldn't hike the ball and almost immediately be or immediately be running for your life. Like, oh shit, somebody's already in the backfield. Just think about this. Somebody's oh, you hike the ball, you on your second or third step of a five-step drop, and somebody's already in the backfield. 
That's true. Ben, I, I Ben, I get I Ben, I get what you're saying. Some of the running game does fall on the, the linebackers. But if they if your boys up front, your two first round draft picks aren't moving them boys so them linebackers can get in their lanes, it, it's like a chain effect. If you don't get the push up front, the boys and linebackers suffer, and then if you don't get to the pet the, the quarterback, then the cornerbacks suffer. Because now they have to be in pass coverage while somebody is just basically bouncing in the pocket. They got a clean pocket. They like, hmm, where am I going to throw the ball at? Uh, nah, mm, nah. Hey, is that my mom in the stands? I didn't know she made it to the game. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll write it. Bam. That's, that's, that's what it's like playing quarterback against the Washington defense. They can't get to you. They haven't been able to get to anybody. Well, let, let me say this. Let me say this. And Ben says, when I said uh, Ionitis would be the, the, the scapegoat, he said, nope, pain and settle will leave first. Set, and settle's another one. I think they'll let him go first. And some of the running game stuff falls on the LBs. I believe that too. I believe – and another one, we lost Bostic. I think Bostic is our smartest linebacker. Losing him to that pec injury, you know, it put a lot of weight on – Cole Holcomb and Jamin Davis, they put a lot on them. But this is the NFL. And you, what, did, what did Jerry Glanville say NFL stood for? Not for long. You keep playing like that. I'm so a, I'm a, I, Before you keep, before you go, I'm going to throw a stat out there, and I think it still holds. I looked at it a week ago, but I, it pretty much should be where it is. Washington's actually not bad on running. They're actually, if I remember correctly, kids, you can go back and look at the NFL defensive stats. I believe Washington is top ten, a top ten run defense. Yards per game, yards allowed. I think they're top ten. Mm. Let me. <laughs> I, I think you're right. I think they give think up more on the pass. It's the passing game. They're damn near dead last. Um. NFL defensive rankings, uh, statistics. Sorry, y'all got to work with us in our, uh, you know, we got we got Horizon, not Verizon. <laughs> um, well, they're not top 10 now. Hold on. I'm trying to see what, what's, what's what. Hold on. Rushing yards. No, they are top 10. Rushing yards, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth, sixteen, eighty-one. They allow four point two yards per game, which is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, tenth. Okay, uh, they a little, they a little bit further back in TDs. Well, it might might be fifteenth. Um, let's see, twenty yard plus runs, uh, number six. They only allow seven. 40-yard-plus runs, they are at the bottom. They've allowed two of those. So that's not a that's not a, a big stat as far as, like, you know, teams having a lot. So you if you have two, you're at the bottom. Uh, the longest run against the Washington football team, 46 yards. Uh, rushing first downs, 97. Looks like they are top 12. Uh, rushing first down percentage. Uh, I don't know how to read that one. I don't know if higher is good or lower is good. So I'm going to pass that one. 
they don't have any. Well, actually, they got six rushing fumbles. Looks like that's top ten. So we talking about a, a a top ten unit. There you go. You went out for a minute. Okay, yeah, my my bad. I didn't I didn't even know. We're talking about a top ten unit when it comes to rushing defense. It's the passing and the rushing, and and, and I it, it kind of backs up my point of what I said earlier. I and third down efficiency. Up, okay, they, and, and third down efficiency. I'd rather give up as a team as a defense 150 yards a game if I can stop the pass. Because if I can get if you can get the offense to put some points on the board. The only way you're going to, you know, get uh, quick points is to pass the ball. I'd rather be able to stop. I'd rather be middle of the pack from 15th to 25th run defense, but let me be able, let me be top 15 stopping the pass. Let me have a chance. Let me have the players on the field, whether it's blitzing, zone blitzing, whether you're a good man team. I want to stop the pass, but that starts with Pat Rock. Getting to the quarterback and sacking the quarterback and putting pressure on the quarterback, which this team does not do. I'm not even going to say at do good. They don't do it at all. They don't do it at all. Like 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 I said after the Dallas game, the Dallas beatdown. I said this is the team, whether they go to the NFC Championship or not. This is your this is your division standard, and y'all are nowhere near it. Like you don't even have the blocks to get to the the, the the platform they're on. Like you build your blocks and you're still 20 short. That's how far you're away from Dallas. And it's because you can't control the offensive line of scrimmage and you can't control the defensive line of scrimmage. And Dallas is one of the best teams in the league when it comes to that. And that quarterback play consistency, that's for another show. We're just talking about the trenches. We're talking about if you cannot control the trenches – in the NFL, you're done. And until they address that, I think it's time for Jack Del Rio to go and, mm. and get some. I, I really do. I, I really think it's time for some new blood to come into that defense and put some new new things in there and move some guys around, try some new schemes. Really do. Really do. Mm. Defensive well, line coach, the offensive line coach. I, I think uh, it's it's no. Like if you're last in these, these guys shouldn't be safe. And I'm gonna let you go, KG. No, 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 you good. But my thing is, you say defensive line coach. That's the legendary Sam Mills' son. Sam Mills the third is our D line coach. I thought he was gonna coach linebackers, but his specialty is D line. Uh, I don't care if it was Bruce Smith Jr. <laughs> like that, they're, they're not perform. When you throw a name at me, it doesn't matter. They're not performing. I get it. I so, get. It. But and, see, and they're not performing. Here's my thing. Not performing. You, but it's not like it used to be. It's not like you got Richie Pettibone and then you got uh, uh, Torgy and Peck and all those guys. You got like one of the biggest and brightest staffs out there. You know. You, it's not like that. We got a, a pretty big staff, but it's not enough that, you know, okay, well, you know, anybody can jump in here. We we don't have a Rod Dow Howard being uh, the passing game coordinator. And they sitting with Joe Gibbs until three in the morning and, and you're doing, you know, sprint bomb. And Ben say the coaches and the issue, the players are about their paychecks, not the defense. I agree with that. They play a lot of hero ball. That has to stop. 
that has to stop the hero ball i'm going out to get mine because remember we said it early in the season the ends were getting too far up the field and it was young and sweat and allen and Payne was in the middle trying to hold the middle and then they got too far and then all of a sudden the quarterback stepped up and everything was on the linebackers but the linebackers had their backs turned boom it's over let's go quarterback just ran for a first down that's it so in order for these holes to be filled it is on not only ron revere it's on martin mayhew and uh marty herney as well as eric stokes and chris polian um you got don warren sheldon white and paul skansky as your notable scouts hopefully they didn't scout somebody but you talk about quarterback play and who we need to get going to get a quarterback right now it's a lot of prospects out there but picking in the middle of the draft it's a crapshoot i'm sorry i'm not a fan of it i'm not a fan of getting this quarterback but something has to happen before this team can turn the corner and ron revere recognizes there's a problem and he's trying to fix the problem. I just hope and pray that they give him enough time to fix the problem. He said five years. This is only year two. And in year one, we won a division title by scrappy play. Let's see what we can you do from year three to five. Again, Something if, if we got the same product next year and in year four, okay, then it's time to pull a plug. But if the product improves and we go from six and ten or possible seven and ten this year and we go to eleven and seven oh i'm sorry eleven and yeah eleven and six let's say we go to eleven and six next year and then the year after that we go to thirteen and four you know and it's it's an improvement and then you you see the the the, the steps just in case don't pull the plug too early don't walk out before the miracle happens that's all i'm saying let's see but that's that's the thing you can't keep throwing hell murray's up we talked a couple we talked several weeks ago and i said they're going to win two games the rest of the season you said four they won four did and they're and they're meaningless now they mean nothing now they're basically the equivalent to winning the two games. They're not in the playoffs. They're not in the fight for the division. Mm-hmm. This team, this team, and this fan base has to stop. It doesn't take a miracle, and I don't agree with you. If you have the right scouting, if you have a good GM, if you have what Pittsburgh has, what uh, Tampa Bay has, what Green Bay has, what San Francisco has, with the Dolphins, the Dolphins are drafted well. The Patriots have. You can find what you need in the draft. It might not be a quarterback. Right. You might have you might have to show up the defensive line. You might have to show up the offensive line. You might have to get an athlete at corner that can make a difference, like a Trayvon Diggs. You might have to go get a ball hawk safety, like you did with Sean Taylor. You might have to go get a stud that can do something else. Now, hey, thank you, Ben. And I do, I, I agree with Ben, but I don't agree with Ben. The coach isn't an issue. I think it's both. I think you, I mean, because if you go back and look at some of the film, you see 
some players jogging on the field on defense that shouldn't be jogging. They should be running full speed to go get people. I believe it was a Dallas game. Jogging. Light jogging, too. Like, hey, I mean, let's, let's get this thing in. Let's warm up. That type of jog. When you, when you first step outside, you start stretching. That's what they're doing. There's, 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 there's a lot of promise, effort, and manhood. Because I, I told you, I'd be damned. If you on that field, you're not going to keep beating me. If I'm on offensive lineman, something going to be hurt on your ass. I'm going to give you a shot to the ribs. Mm-hmm. We're going to just we, we gonna tussle to the ground one time. But you're not going to keep just beating me the same way over and over again. You know what that made me That's- think of when you said that? Uh, uh, Oakland Raiders. This is from their Super Bowl winning team in 76. Uh, I want to say his name was Bob Brown. He had a fake broken thumb for seven years, had a cast on his thumb. And uh, Phil Villapiando, he said that he would come up off the line. And when he came up, he would deliver that cast, that thumb. When they had the cast on, he would deliver to L.C. Greenwood's gut every chance and drop him to his knees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, That's look, what that made me think of. And, and But it's just like, like I said, it's you look at some things and it's just like, when are you going to just be like, Nah, the next play, me and him going to the ground. And I'm going to take him to the ground hard. You, you're not going to keep doing this. Your, your quarterback keep getting hit. When is the offensive line looking at each other? I'd right, be like, all right, uh, when they walk into the line, 50. Everybody just say 50, 50, 50. And then somebody know that when you get a shot at 50, lay his ass out. Mm-hmm. They don't They don't have that. But offensive lines, they don't. they don't. Offensive linemen don't look out for each other the way they, they used to. You know, it's it's taboo to hold hands with another man, but I remember it was a brotherhood. When you walked up to the line, you held your brother's hand, and y'all got down. The center looked over. He started doling out assignments, who you were supposed to block. He looked back at the quarterback. He got the line call. He gave the quarterback what the line call was, what he saw, and they called the cadence. It's not like that anymore. It's no, it's, do the offensive linemen even hang out anymore together? Because you, you can't, because in this in, in this era, there's no continuity. There's no continuity in teams. So you can't hang out anymore. This isn't yesteryear's NFL, too. So guys are leaving in and out via free agency. You talking about pre, pre-free agency, where you would be on a team your entire career. Just kind of, kind of like the NBA. When you got drafted to a team, unless you were just a bad player and they needed to replace you, you were getting you were getting to know these guys because you're gonna be on here for a while. Mm-hmm. It's not like that no more, you know. And it is what it is, but it's not an excuse. That's when you have to have the coaching and you have to put in the, the work. And because it just seems like sometimes it just seems like they're not putting in the work. And I don't want to. I don't want to say that because I don't see it. But it when you look at other teams and how they flow seamlessly up and down the field, offensively, defensively, special teams, things players know that make a difference in getting out of bounds, make a difference in saving a timeout. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is famous for it, hiking the ball while I still 13 people on the field. Mm-hmm. That t- just that awareness, it's just like they don't have it. That's coaching. That's coaching. 
And some of it is on the players. Like, you, you should be studying this. Okay, like Dallas likes to switch in and out. They won't be doing that this game. Hurry up offense. Hurry up offense. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Tempo. Tempo. No, you're not. Y'all not going to switch in and out. Y'all going to be dead tired. Y'all going to have to burn the time out. Strategy. Make them burn it. Even if you're not going to run it, run it to the line. You make a good big play. Everybody running. Like, if if Washington did that, people would be looking at you like, what the hell are they doing? Because they don't do it. Mm-hmm. You would you would instantly get somebody to burn a timeout. Oh, oh, timeout. Oh, what are they doing? What are they doing? Oh, timeout. Oh, we had a next set coming. You know, for the defense, they run a horrible offense. <laughs> Even if you hand it off to Gibson, just run it. Tempo. They don't have no tempo. They don't have no fire underneath their asses. They just don't have it. It's just like. Even if you fill these holes, how do you light a fire underneath somebody? You can't just light. You got to have that. Right. You, this is the NFL. These are grown men. You have to be a self-starter. Nobody lights a fire under your ass every morning. Lady C, uh, the Midnight Rider, none of the sideline junkies. Nobody lights a fire under our ass. We got to get up and do it ourselves. They got to get up and do it themselves. But. To, to 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 throw this out there, I think something might have lit a fire under the fan base's ass because we got to move on. We we already at the 41-minute mark, so we need to move on and run through this. They've also revealed a announcement date for the re- reveal of the new name. And word on the street is it's not it's not gonna be what we thought, what we suggested, what everybody wants, which is Red Wolves. They said uh they couldn't get the uh Minnesota Timberwolves to come up off the trademark for and then it would be a long, lengthy battle. I get that. But I don't know what Red Wolves got to do with Timberwolves. So, and I guess the shortened Wolves, they have it trademarked, but okay. But um, word on the street is it going to be Red Tails. That's what the rumor is. But we won't find out until 222 22 which is Tuesday so boss your thoughts on that um because I'm 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 not 100% happy about it because you know I wanted Red Wolves so bad because it just sounds so aggressive but Red Tails they want to honor the military the Tuskegee Airmen who were known as the Red Tails uh what do you think I'm just ready for it to be over with. I'm sure they got some cool concepts for the uniforms. Hopefully, they'll do it right this time and have multiples, as many uniforms as they can have, a cool color rush. You know, look look good. You want to look good on the field, look good, play good, feel good, right? That's what you want. Like, Less than a month away. Hopefully, whatever it is, the fan base is going to be behind it 100%. And it's time. It, now you get to move forward on the real issues because, honestly, I'm okay with Washington football team. Now, just just imagine. Just imagine for a second. We, went, we won't spend long on this. 
if it was Washington football team 1932, 33, when they established? Uh, well, 32 to be exact. 32. Just imagine if that was the name from the beginning and it was just that was the name. That I think it's a I think it's a cool name. I mean, I don't want to sound like a square, but it's it's old school. Yes, it is. It's old school. The numbers are on the helmets. You know what I'm saying? You can make you can make uh, all types of uniforms out of them, and you can still honor. You can have a a red tails uniform honoring that. You can have a commander's uniform honoring it. You can have a a, a, a you know a wolves uniform, quote unquote, honoring it without the name. You can still be the Washington football team. I think it gives you flexibility, but. Whatever it is, two Most definitely we will. Uh, everybody knows I vote because BJ pitched the concept to me and I fell in love with it. I ran with it. The fan base loved it. And I just, oh my God, man. I'm just, I'm ready for that part to be over. And I, 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 I get that we can't use the Redskins name, quote unquote. But we can go back to the R on the helmet as a throwback uniform. We can go back to the uh, uh, the, the the 1937 uniforms with the burgundy uniform and the brown helmet with the brown pants. We It's certain variations of the uniform that does not say redskins, but it's just a blank uniform with the same color scheme that we can use. I would like to still be able to do that. Because as a lifelong Washington fan, to not be able to pull from the past, which is what we've been doing for so long, pulling from the past, that's what these homecoming weekends are for. That's what, you know, the alumni groups are for. But to not be able to pull from the past, that that, that kind of, it hurts. Because it's like, yeah, now it feels like we're an expansion team. I don't like that. I want I want the heritage to still be there. I want the 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 lords to still be there, the 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 mystique. I want it all to still be there, whatever this new name is. So we'll find out on 22222 Tuesday. So, but until then, we'll keep an eye on it. We'll whatever rumors we find, we'll run with them and throw them around and just fantasize about it. Now, this is something I gotta hear the boss BJ about. Antonio Brown still has not officially been released from the Buccaneers. He pulled a stunt on Sunday. Uh, so many different speculations. I said something about it on the Sunday Rise post game. Uh, one speculation is he was too injured to go back in the game. Arians told him to go back in the game twice. He refused both times. Arians told him, get out. He took off his pads, his undershirt, gloves, rolled out. Another one is he wanted to go back in the game. They wouldn't put him back in the game. And he was going to miss out on some money. But think about this. This is not the last game of the season. You still got another week. Tom Brady always makes sure this dude gets his money. And it's three uh, uh, goals. I think it's eight catches. He needs eight catches. Uh, what is it? 53 yards and one touchdown to get $999,000. Basically a million dollars. 
And I'm sure Tom Brady's going to force feed him the ball to get him those eight catches in a week. But he pulled this stunt on Sunday for whatever reason. Made himself look like a fool. I want to know what the boss BJ has to say about it. So the floor is yours, big brother. I would love to know what you have to say about this. And this is going to be the last time we talk about it because I'm not going to keep giving this dude attention. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Uh, can you hear me okay? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, It's crazy how, you know, this dude has always been painted as the villain and the bad guy. But none of the reports of him being injured to too, too injured to go back into the game has been disputed at all, if you notice that. Because the first thing that came out was he wasn't being put in the game. He wanted to get his incentives and stuff, and that, that hit social media quick. But when it was he was too injured to go back into the game, I think he had been on the injury report the last few weeks with the ankle before he you know got suspended with the whole COVID thing. Um, none of that has been disputed. So I'm kind of at a rock and a hard plate here because I always, I tell people in a heartbeat that these jobs don't care about you. You're a number to them, your production, and you have to take care of yourself. And I'm a firm believer of that. So if I believe that, and it is, it's true that he was hurt and didn't want to go back into the game because he's hurt because like KG said, it doesn't make sense. Tom Brady always made sure his guys eat. You you had you still had the whole second half of that game to go, and another game next week. Antonio Brown for me. So that it, that that excuse doesn't make sense when you say he went out of the game because uh, he wasn't getting balls thrown his way. But you know, of course, we don't have. Skinny, and I'm sure it'll come out soon. You know, Tom's not going to speak on it right now because you know he, um, you know, he's still with the Bucks, and Tom's all about you know team and not having distractions and stuff. So it, it is it's crazy that they haven't released him. That's also very very interesting because the first thing Bruce Arians said is that he's no longer a Buck, but they still haven't done anything with him. So I don't know, KG. Like, you know, usually I would come on here and um, fire away at this dude. I call him a clown and this, that, and the other. But I can't do that this time because we've seen so many times how certain people, I'm not going to get too deep into that. You know when I say that, what I mean. I know what you mean. People, certain people are labeled as villains immediately. But when other people throw tantrums and break stuff on the sideline, it's just caring about the game. And everybody's different. Everybody shows their emotions different. They care about things different ways. And I don't know, man. I, I, I feel like if he was, if he felt like he was too hurt, then he was too hurt. Um, did he have to do what he did? A lot of people, you know, 99% of people are going to say no. But, you know... Would I do it? I probably would. If I was at a job and they asked me to do something unsafe or if I'm calling in and they say, hey, you can't come to work. You know, can, can nobody else watch your sick kid? Like, just think, of, just think of your situation. Just relate your situation to what Antonio Brown went through. 
You call in to work, your child's sick, you don't know if it's COVID or not. And all they ask, all they care about is if you can come in, if you can get somebody else to watch them, if uh, you can bring them to work, he can sit in the car. <laughs> I, I mean, we, Lady C know it, you know it, Jim know it, Delonte, June, everybody, Gary, Junie, everybody know that the job, all they care about is what time are you going to be in? That's terrible. I'm sorry that happened, but we short staff. Time you're going to be in. You, I'll you, come you, get you. You know what? I'm going to say this because I just had this conversation with Lady C earlier when I was talking to my wife and Lady C. And, you know, jobs, we had a snow event here in the DMV that we personally were prepared for, but the city was not prepared for. Shut down a lot of things the last two days. And jobs still expected you to come to work. People abandoning cars on highways and side streets. But jobs still expected you to come to work. So, you know, we talked about that. And my thing is, I don't, this is my personal opinion. This does not reflect the opinion of any other sideline junkie. I don't care what the reasoning was. You could have handled that better as a man. You could have handled that better as a human being. Then you threw a tantrum and threw a, you, you basically turned into a petulant child. When he doesn't get his way, he does this. When he got released out of Oakland and he had the video with him running out of the house and screaming and stuff. That dog, you don't have to do everything for show. The loudest one in the room is the weakest one in the room. That's what I've always been taught. And that's weak minded. That's weak sauce to me to do something like that. Whether the job fucking with you or not, you don't have to act like that. You don't have to stoop down to that level. You be a lot more gracious. You say, okay, you want me gone? All right. You just kind of walk off. You walk off with the trainer. Don't say nothing. Don't say nothing. They, nothing. Nothing needed to be said. You know how you kill people like that? You go find a better job and you do the job better than ever. And then you come back and stand in the doorway and say, yeah, you miss me yet? That's what you do. I'm going to throw something out there. I was reading some reports because, you know, it's reports. Nothing's been verified yet. Like I said, the first report came out that he was selfish and he wanted his stats. Another report came out saying that Bruce Arians asked him to go back to the game. He told him, no, he's too injured. And I also see things saying that Bruce Arians threw a temper tantrum because Bruce Arians, I don't know about you, he comes off as an arrogant prick to me. It's been that way. Remember when they got Tom Brady? He was basically saying, you know, we're not going to bend over for Tom Brady. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. And it's just like, yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you, yes, yes, you are. But you, you got to say the right thing. You got to say the right thing. Yeah, but you don't have to say it the way he said it. He, he, he comes off as a prick. He comes off as arrogant, very, very um, just snug. You know? Like, I'm too good for you type shit. That's how he comes off to me. And so see, I, I see read, in a totally different light. And see, and you do. But when I read that report, they said he threw a tantrum, Bruce Arians. I said, huh, I wouldn't be surprised. Of course, the cameras are not going to show. Of course they're not. Of course not. 
Now, I'm, I, you know what? Even if he did throw a tantrum, there's no reason that you throw a tantrum like that as a grown man. That's weak souls. I'd say the same thing about him, and I love Bruce Arians. We talked about him early in the season. Remember, he he's told his assistants, there's no way in the world that you should ever miss one of, uh, one of your kids' events for work. If you miss one of your kids' events, I'll fire you. The job will be here. Your kids' events won't. I respected that. The way he comes off as a head coach, I've always respected that. But this right here is a sticky situation, and it could have been handled by both sides a lot better. And maybe cooler heads are going to prevail, and maybe they, they'll sit down and they'll talk about it, and they'll say, you know, hey, I was wrong. You know what? I was wrong. We both were wrong. Yes, we were. And it'll all get hashed out, you know? And to anybody thinking that I'm not an Antonio Brown fan, I defended this man every step of the way in Oakland when he was trying to deal with the helmet issue. I defended him there. The sexual assault allegations, I defended him there. I defended him with the fake vax card. I said, maybe if you weren't pressing everybody out to be vaccinated, you know, you wouldn't have to go through these extremes because you're pressing everybody out. But on top of that, you didn't say anything to uh, Aaron Rodgers. I defended Antonio Brown at every turn. I can't defend him here because that right there was just uncalled for. You going to leave, leave. Personal story. I left a job because I wasn't being treated right. I didn't leave with no fanfare. I didn't knock nothing over. I walked in. I took my time card out of my wallet. I took my key fob off my key ring and I set it on the desk and I slid it across. And I said, thank you for your time, but I quit. And I walked out the office. I have been back maybe four times in the last two and a half years. They still have yet to replace me. Trust and believe I know how to hurt you when I want to hurt you. Because you can't find nobody that's going to do it like me, baby. That goes for my job. That goes for my exes. You'll never find as long as you live. I'm telling you. That's how you hurt these people. Leave them high and dry. Make them try to replace you. And when they can't, you make them miss you. They beg me three, four times to come back. I'm not doing it. They're going to beg Antonio Brown to come back. And, but I, and I was just about to say that. They need him. He got a Super Bowl ring. That he, he earned. He, he wasn't sitting on the bench. Mm-hmm. He didn't do a LaShawn McCoy. Don't he no. got two rings? He might. Hasn't busted a grape, <laughs> but the Buccaneers need him. The Buccaneers need him. That's why he hasn't hit the waiver wire yet. They probably like, oh, you know what? Let's calm this down. Like you said, let's let's talk this out. Mm-hmm. They need that. Is, that is, is if you think the dude's crazy, if you think the dude's a clown, then guess what? He's a Hall of Fame receiver. Yeah, especially especially the shit they're putting in the Hall of Fame now. The NFL is getting like the NBA. No, but he got the numbers. And Shady McCoy is a two-time Super Bowl champion. Won two Super Bowls back to back. Who he went with? He won with with, uh, Kansas City and the Buccaneers. Okay, okay, yeah, he got. And he he's the type of dude that, and we, we, I'm not gonna spend no time on it. But he's the type of dude that's gonna. Show those off like he contributed to those. 
Yeah, he didn't play in either Super Bowl. Didn't get nothing that snap. Yeah. Oh, you know what they do to practice squad players? What they used to do when they to practice squad players? You got cubic zirconia. Everybody else got diamonds. You got cubic zirconia. So you had the ring. It was gold, but it was cubic zirconia. They didn't spend much money on a practice squad player mm. ring. Mm. That's what they used to do. Hey man, look. Whatever you whatever your thing is with Antonio Brown, however you feel, I just ask that you get the whole story first. I agree. However, however you feel about him leaving off the field, and this go to anybody, I'm not just talking to KG. Get the whole story first. Because it's, it seems like just like the whole vaccination thing with him and Aaron Rodgers. It seems like when one side does something and the other side does it, it's not as bad, though. Mm-hmm. So, man, I'm going to throw this out here before we get out of here. There's a QB up the road about 45 minutes that sits behind Lamar Jackson that probably wouldn't take as much draft capital to go get. He looks like a baller. And I'm not going to say no names. Mm. Washington football fans, if you watch this kid play, he got some spark to him. He got an arm. And he looks like a junior number eight. So we, I'm just going to leave that there because it's going to be some interesting quarterback moves probably next year. You got, you know, Aaron Rodgers look like he's patching things up with the, the Packers. Russell Wilson may be moving. You still got Deshaun Watson, that that situation, um, and Matt Ryan as another person that could leave Atlanta. So you have you have some 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 quarterbacks that could possibly make a dent in your franchise. So you just got to decide what are you going to give up because, like I said, the guy up the road probably ain't going to take. Definitely not going to be a first or second round pick. Definitely not. But mm-hmm. what is it going to take? It's not going to be as steep as it would trying to get Russell Wilson or, you know, whatever that case may be. So just something to think about. Yes, indeed. Now, we got two more things to cover before we get out of here. We're going to hit them real quick. Um, Becky Hammond leaves the bench of the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, I feel some type of way about it. BJ does not really give a damn because he's like, he doesn't feel the way that I feel. But she's gone to the Las Vegas Aces. And I say, well, you know what? She could be coaching in the NBA because she was touted as one of the top assistants to get a head coaching job. Her, Chauncey Billups, and uh, somebody else were touted as tops to get head coaching jobs over the summer she's coached the the summer league for uh the spurs for the last three years uh what else does she do she's coached for pop she's filled in for pop quite a few times while he's taking a leave of absence from the team uh she has the ear of nba players but yet she got passed over seven years as an assistant coach with San Antonio from 2014 to this year, 2021. Well, last year, 2021, she was a Spurs assistant. And she went from the end of the bench and worked her way up to the top assistant. She put in the work. But before all of that, she was a six-time WNBA All-Star, two-time All-NBA, WNBA first team, two-time All-NBA second team, 
uh, led the league in assists in 2007. She's been on the 15th, the 20th, and the 25th anniversary teams of the WNBA. Her number 25 was retired by the San Antonio Stars. She won a championship in the Spanish League in 2010 and also was, won the Queen's Cup in 2010. She got a, a gold in 98 during the, jo- the Jones Cup, representing the United States. She represented Russia in 2008, Olympic Games, and won the bronze in the Euro basket. She represented Russia and got a silver. Becky Hammond has the wherewithal, the knowledge to be a NBA, not WNBA, a NBA coach. And this Las Vegas job is pretty good because of who she gets to coach. She gets to coach our girl, Liz Cambridge. But I just see her, I saw her being the first female head coach because of the knowledge that she has. I don't know how much I like this Las Vegas Aces thing. I mean, the money's good and all that. She goes to Vegas. Okay, good. But I thought she had a real shot in in the NBA. Just my thought. I guess I'm I'm just, uh, whew. I guess I'm just, um, I'm biased, I guess. BJ? It's okay to be biased. Um, I definitely do not feel the same way. Um, you can't tell me Becky Hamming is qualified to coach an NBA team that's going to be she's going to take over NBA team when you still have the issue that the NFL is having where qualified black candidates can't even get a damn job former players in the league and for everything that Becky Hammond has accomplished You can't, you just, for me, and I don't want to say it the wrong way, like I'm anti-woman or womanist, but no. No, they are qualified men. Qualified men that you're passing up. They they can barely get a shot. And then you're going to be in a trick bag if you hire her because if she doesn't do good, you're going to get attacked because, you know, people are going to fight. Oh, you didn't give her uh, this, that, and the other. And if you fire her, it's going to, you're firing her because she's a woman. Nobody wants to go through that shit. And on the flip side, the WNBA, the ladies over there keep complaining about how they're not getting paid the men, which they shouldn't. Nowhere near it at all. Okay? Because they don't make the revenue. It's a simple business. Simple business. They don't make the revenue to be making what the men make. The men's league is keeping that league open. Let's be real about this, okay? You can't keep complaining about how you're not on pace with the men, how your sport isn't getting the hype the men are getting, and then you go let Becky Hammond coach in the NBA. That's one of your golden girls, no pun intended. You want all your talent there. So why why wouldn't you bring her to the WNBA? And if she wins a championship in Las Vegas, if she could turn Las Vegas around, she still isn't qualified for an NBA head coaching job because there are still guys that are going to get passed up. Just look at – you can just look at the last couple of jobs. 
Wasn't it Alvin Gentry that got fired once they got Zion Williamson? Yes, sir. I mean, you, you can go. You can go down the list of black coaches. Because you know, people all oh, oh, you making this a race thing? Because it is a damn race thing. Every time a team gets a prominent player, the superstar quarterback, Anthony Lynn, Wilkes, Steve Wilkes, they get canned. So when you say you're going to promote this woman that's, you know, very qualified, basketball IQ out the gym to be the coach of a men's team and you got men of a certain demographic that aren't getting their fair shot, I think that's bullshit. Absolute. You can't you can't tell me that I could go deeper than that, but I'm not going to. Because it's NFL players that have should have jobs that don't. And it's people that have jobs at coaching positions and assistant coaching positions that shouldn't. And you're not gonna tell me that it's not more qualified people. Some of this some of this stuff is just for PR. It really is. It's sad that we're there, but this a lot of this just PR stunts. Hey, look at us. Hey, look what we're doing. I that's fine. Are you winning? If you're not winning, we don't care. I get so, it. <clears throat> nah, I don't I don't know. Look, we we didn't create this show to agree all the time. We're not going to. But that's something and, I'm I'm definitely on the opposite side of the table. And I understand that and I respect that. Because I mean that's one thing that we'll, we'll we can argue about that till the cows come home. But I get it. I get it. So, um, last but not least, we don't want to burn these people ears off. Uh, Dan Reeves, former head coach of the Broncos, the Giants, and the Falcons, passed away on New Year's Day, uh, January 1st, 2022. For those of y'all too young to know, Dan Reeves was a Tom Landry protege. He was a running back for the Cowboys from 65 to 72. Uh, in 72, he was a player coach. He won a Super Bowl in Super Bowl six. He went to three Super Bowls as a player. Super Bowl five and six. Nope, no, I'm sorry. Two Super Bowls as a player. Five and six. And then Super Bowl 12 as an assistant coach, winning two out of three. Uh, as a head coach, he was two-time NFL coach of the year in 93 and 98, and he's in the Denver Broncos ring of fame. One of the legendary coaches to take his team to three Super Bowls in four years with the Denver Broncos. He went in 86, which they lost to uh, 86. They lost to the Giants 36 to 20, 87 lost to my Washington Redskins 42 to 10. And then in 89, they lost to the San Francisco 49ers, 55 to 10. And I'm quoting all these scores off the top of my head, too. See if I still got it. But then he moved on to the New York Giants in 93. And he dominated us. I mean, him being a, a the head coach of the Giants, he dominated us. But eventually, things, you know, didn't work out well. He moved on to the Atlanta Falcons and had a resurgence of such 
His first season, he went seven and nine. That was 97. But then in 98, he caught lightning in the bottle and went 14 and two. If you don't remember that run of Atlanta in 98, where they beat the 15 and one Vikings in the NFC championship game, where everybody knew the Vikings was going to the Super Bowl that year. Chris Carter was going to get his ring. Randy Moss is going to get his ring. We knew it. But Jamal uh, Jamal, uh, Anderson and those Falcons came in and did the dirty bird all up and down that stadium. And they went 14-2 and that year, but lost to the Denver Broncos in John Elway's final game. But no matter what, Coach Reeves will always be considered a great because of what he accomplished as a coach. It's tough, and especially in the 80s AFC, to take your team to a Super Bowl three out of four years. It's tough. And you had one of the greatest quarterbacks in John Elway. Uh, Only thing that those Broncos teams were lacking was a run game. If they had a running game, oh, my God. Think about how much more dangerous those Broncos teams could have been. Atlanta. If Atlanta had a stronger defense, they would have beat the Broncos. But, you know, we could sit here and say if, 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 if all night long. And we can talk about Coach Reeves and him. I'm trying, I was trying, been trying to find the, the video of him after the 98 NFC Championship game when he was on the podium and they presented them with the George Hallis Trophy. And he was doing the dirty bird on the podium. I'm trying to find that video so bad and I cannot find it anywhere. YouTube doesn't even have it. But to see him that happy and doing a dirty bird with all those guys, OJ Santiago, uh, who was the quarterback? Um, was it Miller? Was it, it wasn't it wasn't Miller? Um, God, I can't remember the quarterback, but he had a cast of characters, and it looked like that was just a fun season, even though he went through quadruple bypass surgery after 14 games, missed the last two regular season games, came back three weeks later and coached. So to Dan Reeves for being just the the NFL guy that you are 38 years around the NFL. Uh, Hey man, happy trails, rest in peace. Uh, Condolences to his wife, his children and his grandchildren. Uh, Every player he coached, everybody's life that he touched condolences yes absolutely condolences to coach reeves family and like you said everybody that um he's touched and coached and and um yeah man definitely sideline junkies prayers up and uh rest in peace sir yes indeed uh well that's all the time we have as we've been saying the last two weeks um this show is Dedicated to the recovery of our fellow brother, our fellow sideline junkie, Junie. As we keep saying, keep fighting, brother. We behind you. We love you. Uh, just one day at a time, man. Can't wait. I cannot wait to get you behind the mic again. Because we got a lot to talk about. Yes, indeed, man. Pam, we love you. Need anything, reach out to us. Like I said, we haven't forgot at all. And Junie, you know, like like the big guy KG said, man, you got to keep fighting, brother. And we will see you once you get 
back to 100% full strength, and we're going to talk shit about them Steelers, and we're going to talk some Wizards. Yeah, most definitely got to talk to Wizards because the Wizards are starting to turn the corner and get back on their, on their grind. So I know that's going to look good. So until next time, which probably be Thursday. I, I'm guessing Thursday. But, hey, if something comes up between now and then, you know, we'll jump back. But, hey, until next time, that's the boss, BJ. I'm the big guy, KG. We don't do no overtime. We did a little bit tonight, but we don't normally do it. But we out of here. I got a $35,000 car.